am beyond excited to announce that I have partnered with Magimix for season eight of Crazy Sexy Food. Magimix is a family-owned business that has the amazing reputation as makers of quality kitchen appliances that are adored by chefs and home cooks alike. I remember growing up and always seeing my mum's beloved Magimix on her countertop and the utter ease of how she used it. With their 30-year motor guarantee, these machines have always been built to last. They continue to be relevant as ever in the busy kitchen and make fantastic food processes that make your food go further and reduce food wastage. They are a godsend when it comes to batch cooking and using up leftovers. I use my Magimix every single day. If you're ready to step into the world of Magimix with a new food processor, blender, ice cream maker or any other bit of kit, then simply pop over to their website and use my exclusive code at checkout for a 15% discount. The code is MagimixCSF. Make it with Magimix. Hi and welcome to Crazy Sexy Food. I'm Hannah Harley-Young. This podcast is all about the love of food and how it plays a part in our lives. I sit down with well-known personalities, food experts, chefs, and people who, well, just love their food to find out all about their life, career, and their favorite tastes along the way. Today, I'm joined by comedian and actress, Ronnie Ancona. She is best known for her time on the BBC's The Big Impression, starring alongside Alistair McGowan, where the show was one of BBC's top-rated comedy programmes, winning numerous awards, including a BAFTA. It saw the pair impersonate some of the most well-known celebrities of our time and put Ronnie on the map as one of the UK's biggest talents. During her career, she has starred in countless shows and, and films, including The Last Tango in Halifax, as well as theatre appearances, accumulating in winning Best Actress at the British Comedy Awards and the prestigious Variety Club Award. From her first Edinburgh Festival appearance in 92, Ronnie is a permanent fixture on our screens. My personal favourite of her impressions has to be Olivia Colman, that I was lucky enough to have a private show of at a dinner a couple years ago. Ronnie... I'm so, so excited to have you on. Welcome to oh, Crazy Sexy you, Food. thank you, darling. Oh, well, thank you for that lovely intro, but you didn't talk about my plumbing career in Grimsby. <laughs> Just it, saying. It's all coming okay. out now. Oh, yes. <laughs> Dab hand with a U-band, and that's not a euthanism. I, I've got a few pipes that need cleaning. Oh, hello. <laughs> Later. You can stay on for a drink if you want. <laughs> We know where this is going to go. We do. Before we kickstart, I mm. always ask my guests, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Okay. Now, I had, I actually had a bit of a milky coffee for breakfast. Now, <laughs> the, the breakfast, A, because I'm horribly disorganized and I was running very late. So uh, breakfast fans amongst you, this is not me dissing breakfast per se. Because I, I realise it's so full of potential. Yeah. Chia seeds and the this and the that and the fruit and the yogurt and the yeah, the, 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 and all that sort of stuff. It's delicious. But I'm always tend to be flying out, and then I always have a milk and coffee, and then I am always, um, oh my gosh, I'm always sort of flicking through biohacking things. Do you know what I mean? And what you should be doing yes. and what you should be doing. Going, oh, I should do that. Mm-hmm. And literally, I've got a library full of books all saying exactly the same thing and totally ignore them. (laughs) 
And then have sort of, and I've gotten to the state going, oh, was I supposed to have a bulletproof vest coffee? Bulletproof vest coffee, as I call it. Because I've got, am I supposed to be doing that? I can't even, you can't even have milk anymore. (laughs) You can't have milk. You've got to have some turmeric. Even my daughter is cooking, (laughs) making disgusting turmeric. She made herself a turmeric latte the other day. It stained her braces. (laughs) I mean, we went to the orthodontist last week. <laughs> now the queen. So it's a big. I mean, the whole thing. Everything's complicated yeah. now. It, but I do quite like a, a flat white with a bit of dare I say it dairy milk. Dairy milk. Get out of my house immediately. Wow. <laughs> Bring back my. So do you? I, I mean, that. honestly. Um, but do you do you tend to ever eat breakfast, or is it just something that I you? I would I would tend to eat um, breakfast probably at the weekend mm. more, and when I've got a cracking hangover. So I eat breakfast a lot, yeah. basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. No, so she um, eats breakfast I, every I, I, day. I, I, I does a bit, but, uh, um, so I do. And, and I and I can sit, but I guess I think I associate Hannah. I associate breakfast with having a bit of time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And having a bit of um, just time to kind of yeah. relax and yeah. enjoy it. In which case, I would delight in having the old, you know, full. Mm. I quite like the idea. I did quite get into like eggs on avocado, okay. mashed avocado yeah. one. Sourdough. Oh, I'm just stop saying it. that to give stop you my credentials. You sound a bit like Nigella, actually. I'll do Nigella. I know. I can't time. wait. I can't wait. We do have lots coming up on this episode, and I'm very, very excited. But what I am really excited about is that you and I are first and foremost friends, and yeah. so I am excited to just kind of find out the inner workings of Ronnie and oh, your taste buds and everything in between. So before we get started on your incredible career. I want to take it back to your childhood. You mm. were born in Lincolnshire, but raised... Well, I kind of... This oh, is she, a kind of weird oh. one, is that I was... We were on our way to Scotland. This sounds very ominous, but my my mum has a lot of Scottish blood. This is kind of Scottish. But basically, my father was in the Navy, and he had a naval posting up in Scotland, and we were going to Scotland, and I was supposed to be born in Scotland, and we were sort of en route and I got popped out in Laos. Like, literally, you were popped en route. Popped out, and I was en route, and I was, like, two days in Laos. And now I, I am born in Laos. If you come from Laos, I've never been. I'm sure it's a delightful place. But, uh, you know, all intent and purposes, grew up in Scotland, was yeah. there since I was, like, about two, three days old. And, of course, when you sort of grow up in Scotland, they do delightfully claim to be... you claim you as one of yours so yeah. I ended up sort of saying so it was kind of weird not yeah being so in, in that case what I really want to know is what life was like growing up I want to know what you were eating who was cooking <laughs> it was roast, oh, I thought, it, I thought roast, it was 1755 actually <laughs> roast stuffed partridge my liege for breakfast no. yes ma'am what was it growing up okay so basically um Slightly tragically, my Wikipedia age makes me look even older than I am, if that's possible. How sad is that? Um, but I, basically growing up in, you know, um, 1970s, 1980s Scotland, you, 1970s food, I mean, I do think now a lot of the healthy food that I 
try and attempt to eat, my body rejects it because it's so used to e- Heinz, E-numbers. Mm. I mean, it was just a different ball yeah. game then, you mm. know. Um, a really different ball game sort of food and uh, everything. And of course, the concept of affluence in those days was so different mm. because um, if you... The idea of being really wealthy was if you had a swing ball in your garden. And um, and then the idea, and if you were really, really wealthy, you had a soda stream and a swing ball. Oh, wow. I remember someone saying to me, oh my God, no, have you seen that, Alison? She's got a swing ball and she's got a soda stream. And we're like, she has not. <laughs> uh-huh, yes, yeah, she has. Get out of here. Stop. No. So, so that was the. Co- I so, really want so a soda there, stream. Uh, so, so there was a lot of. Do you remember, I remember this um, lovely girl at school called Julia, and she was obviously had a wee bit more money than the rest of us, and we knew that because she had her, she had white bread sandwiches with the crust cut off in right. beautiful little triangles, and like seriously and I'm not I'm not just saying this had a chocolate biscuit or a chocolate bar every day now that I know that sounds crazy but no, no, but you know your parents who are great friends of mine also if you say that to mm. them they'll go yeah I mean you just you just yeah, you yeah, just yeah. didn't see kids yeah. sort of sitting there with their own bag of crisps or their own bar you know it was a big I remember this girl going she's got a job she has not yeah she has it's got, you know it was a big thing and um you just it, so it was different. The concept of a treat was different, most definitely. You because know. you're from Italian Jewish heritage, which I yes, think is quite the perfect a combination. Back, do you? Yeah, I just think for it, feeling guilty or <laughs> and Scottish or not paying for anything or everything. <laughs> and I can say that because I'm half Jewish, but yeah. you know. Were there many other Italian Jews up in Scotland? Well, it was a very long way back, so I don't think I was ever... Do you know what I mean? It certainly wasn't... The main... um, I don't think it was a sort of that much of a big thing. I certainly did look a bit um, different. and But the biggest thing for us growing up was that we, were, we lived in a town that was... Um, very famous for golf and it had about 17 golf courses like one golf almost like a golf course per person um per per person in the thing and they were like and we were the only family who didn't play golf that was the i mean that was the worst thing you were really ostracized like keep away from the golfless people they don't have golf in their lives you know um and i we weren't golfers which was which was really by far the worst thing um but scotland i had a huge love for scotland obviously but scotland was very nationalistic in those Mm. days you know and the worst thing actually hannah wasn't really i don't think it was the worst thing was to be english or to have english blood which i did that was i mean really really quite significant and sort of taking it back to the food was your mum the primary cook yes Oh, most definitely, most definitely, and she as was a lot of women yeah. in in those yeah. days. You know, I you, don't think that's um, yeah, absolutely. And could you give me some of like the key dishes from your childhood? Well, she was quite. She was less of a, a, a cook from. She was more of an instinctive cook, you know, mm. and and she was a she was a good cook. 
Um, and interestingly, my poor um, mother now has dementia and she's in a home and it's very sad. But before she got really sick, she, for one um, birthday and a Christmas, she was a fantastic artist. I mean, she was sort of a professional artist and she wrote all her recipes down in, ha I should have brought it with me to show you, in... Um, in longhand wow. and she'd illustrated with these gorgeous little illustrations now of course I look at it and I cry because yeah. she doesn't remember any How of incredible it to have that as well. yes oh well interestingly enough Hannah I cooked from that the other day for my girls and I cooked one of the things that I absolutely loved at the time but of course it, I, I might as well have given them a fanny credit recipe <laughs> You forget how food changes with fashion. And this was a delicious dish for me. It was a, like a prawn curry that my mum oh. made, but it wasn't particularly sort of Indian. Basically, as one of my daughters said, it tastes like hot prawn cocktail, <laughs> which was served, I think, with an egg. So I think there was 1970s elements when I looked Love back it. at I'm it. I'm thinking Abigail's party all yes, of a sudden. Yes, 100%. Love it. But she was, she did make, um, but, but, Unlike maybe quite a lot of people then, she used a lot of spices and she used a lot of um, seasoning and, you know, made a fantastic lasagna and, you know, um, some fantastic sort of chicken dishes and pies and, and I don't think, and, you know, um, lovely spaghetti bolognese. And I mean, I don't think looking back particularly adventurous, but adventurous for the time for the time i was about to say yes yeah but in the 70s my mom always says to me she's like pasta was exotic oh, i mean you can't you just it's it's quite extraordinary and then you think oh my gosh but then you realize that's kind of the difference between 1900 and 1940 yeah, exactly no, no totally. i mean it's yeah. you know it's a big it's a big change yeah. no it's fascinating i'm gonna fast forward a little bit and sort of slowly into your um your career so because your path was quite interesting you studied theater and tv design yes. so the performing aspect of it was this something that perhaps you sort of just saw as a hobby or were you all was was the plan well, that you I, wanted to do the design well no I always was very obsessed with comedy and I think that I used comedy a lot as a child I was a bit I was a bit of a misfit and sometimes I was a bit but and I think I used it as a defense mechanism cliche horrible cliche clang but I think that's true mm. um and I um yeah I think that I probably harbored ideas of doing comedy but was very shy actually wouldn't say boo to a goose and you know and and was quite sort of very very lacking in confidence which is another aspect of the seven you know what I mean if you went to the local comprehensive mm. and the seven you just didn't have the mm. kind of confidence or panache that a lot of you see a lot of people do today at that age um and art was my main subject my best subject and uh such like but I did do some well actually when when as any of your listeners know if you go on to do a degree in design or or go to art school I went to um St Martin Central um you basically do a foundation course before I did 
You did. Of course you did. Of course you did. So at the foundation course, um, I remember doing some life drawing classes and being so shy of drawing um, certain appendages (laughs) that I would leave a gap between the legs and the, 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 (laughs) the legs and the bottom of the body so no there was no, yes and the art tutor said you've really got to go and get some extra practice this is ridiculous so I found some art um some life drawing classes in um um in the in the local town to do some extra yeah. which was in York and I sat down and I was waiting for the with the light the model to arrive and nobody came nobody came and they, everybody was sitting in a circle so I presumed that it was a life drawing class and it turned out it wasn't a life drawing class but it was a drama it was an audition for the semi professional I'm not and I was so shy and embarrassed I took the book and read for this part and got it <laughs> I kid you not what yes, are the chances of that? I know. And I've never got a bloody part so easily <laughs> since, I should point out. I think I peaked then, Hannah. So that was really... Um, and I, I did... I did... So that, that was a kind of semi-professional thing that I did at York. And then when I went to... I did do a year of sort of performing arts at University of Kent Academy. But when I went to art school, of course, they used to do these magnificent um, Christmas shows... Because the design, I mean, you know, top design place, mm. amazing. Mm. And and they were, you know, we had all the industrial engineers doing hydraulics and we had the, the fashion designers doing this and that and the dryer and, and the sets looked amazing. Yeah. Nobody wanted to perform. They yeah. didn't want, don't stand in front of my set. Don't, you know. And I would end up sort of doing being inadvertently the one that sort of did did most of the performing and um and then after that when I became I became a a, I did a degree in I did education actually and I became an art design technology teacher and um I basically started working at a very tough inner city comprehensive and started doing stand-up in the clubs so I just had things thrown at me during the day and and things thrown at you at night (laughs) as well where's that jump from coming from like someone who was quite as you said unconfident quite shy to then going to a stand-up because for me that feels like the pinnacle of confidence it wasn't really what happened was I started I started I'd actually did some drama teaching training when I was Mm. when I was training to be a teacher and I actually started doing this improvisation course because friends were doing it and got quite into it and from that I met someone who wanted um, a comedian and had a a club a comedy club and uh, wanted some help with it and they needed a compare and I just thought again grotesquely naive I thought oh I suppose I could just introduce the acts and I think I was the worst compare known to man and in fact what was really interesting was that um I think even Frank Skinner mentioned that gig in his um <laughs> in his autobiography um I've actually got some of the you know the the people that we had on the bill there I mean I still remember Joe Brand saying I can't believe you've just given me forty pounds. You promised fifty in cash, Emma. And um, I, you know, it, it was, you know, 
um, literally 60 quid on... I mean, I could I, I could show you the bills that we had. Me comparing Lee Evans, Jack D, wow. Eddie Izzard. All, 70 all quid the greats. On Jack <laughs> D, I mean, all the greats. Mark Lamar, darling Joe Brown, who I absolutely adore. You know, and... Um, they were all, they all sort of came down. I mean, you know, and I used to compare and I didn't have the, fa- and it was passing trade because yeah. it was on the, te- it was a boat on the Thames called the Tattershaw Castle, Brilliant. which I think is revived. And um, I would pass into it. So nobody really understood what we, I mean, you just wouldn't believe, no, worst compare ever. And then kind of, so, so sort of from there, you sort of done your improv, you started doing a bit of stand up. Um, and I'm sort of dotting around here, but I, I, I have sat down with a with a couple comedians before in the past. Obviously, you're my favourite. Um, and I, what I always ask them is, as a comedian, how do you know or when do you realise that you're funny, or what is it to be funny? Well, it, you know, a lot of people would say um, she still hasn't found out what it's like to be funny. Um, trust me on that. Oh, my God. Um, I think that um, that's quite a tough question. I mean, I ended up, I was in a very strange place. I, some, I think it was, um, I couldn't even cope with hecklers at all. I don't... I think you can learn to be, I think to a certain extent, like you can learn to be a cook. I, there will be people who disagree with this. I think you can no, learn. No, I think you can learn to be a cook. And I think you yeah. can learn to be a comedian. I think okay. there's a lot of craft, but then there's having funny bones. And some people have more funny bones than others. I don't know if I ever dawned on me. I knew that I could make, I never really had areas going, oh, I'm really funny. But I knew I could make people laugh. Mm. And I became slightly obsessed with making people laugh. Probably from a horribly neurodiverse place or some galloping ADHD or something. But it's also also like there's different types of comedy as well, isn't there? There's like, and I'm talking completely like I don't know enough about comedy to even agree with what even what I'm saying but what I'm trying to get at is that there's that sort of like you can tell jokes then there's kind of the comedy that you do which is whether it's the impersonations or it's or there's there's dark comedy there's dry like it's there's different forms of absolutely 100% and when I first started off in the second there weren't many it wasn't like today Hannah there was hardly any woman I mean I could name all the women ask you on on five hands and I was the only I was really quite esoteric and ethereal and quite weird so I probably got pushed into a position of probably more attention than I deserved just because I was kind of a a woman and they it was really hard being a woman in those Mm. days because it just was not I think women people have decided now women are funny but in those days in the clubs it was quite hard because I think you stood up as a woman um, on the stand-up stage and 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 the audience subconsciously and even the women in the audience as well thought what what are you doing when you stood up it was so unusual to be a woman on the circuit at that time that I mean you know there were women but there was just not nearly as many mm. as there are now um, which is you know it's great that there's so many more now but you'd stand up on stage and I think the audience would subconsciously go what what what's she doing that what, who who is 
do you know what I mean? Mm. What are you doing here? Are yeah. you doing a kind of big, are you playing a lesbian aggressive yeah. thing? Are you playing the, you, do you know what I mean? They needed, whereas a bloke would just stand up as a bit of a neutral facade yeah. and could build on that. Yeah. It's and that's what was much, what was tricky. Yeah, it's interesting. I've um, had Omid Jalili on, who's obviously brilliant. hilarious and amazing hilarious. and brilliant. And he also said, because he was obviously coming from, you know, this Iranian man in this very like white British industry. And he would say that when he was breaking through the, 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 the clubs that he was working at, he, he was their quota because he was the brown skinned guy. Sure. And it was like, it was either me or a woman. Yeah. Oh yeah. We were the quota. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, look how far we've come. I mean, you know, still a way to go, but, and I guess, I mentioned it in the intro and I absolutely want to talk about it because I grew up to The Big Impression. I mean, oh, that darling, was the show you? that I would sit down weekly and I just thought it was the most hilarious, brilliant and clever show that I oh, had so seen in, at that time. And I don't know if it was because maybe, aside from the fact that you guys were just hilarious and it was, I hadn't seen anything like that before in my life. But I think also because I'd come from that world of celebrity with my dad. Of course. To see these characters. With Richard, you know. You know, it was yeah. just hilarious. And I'd love to talk to you about the process of that show, but also impersonating someone. Yes. That's an interesting conversation for me because there are a lot of people out there who try to do it. And yes. there's only few, I think, who can really succeed at it. Well, it's interesting, actually. Bizarrely, I mean, Impressionists, it can be the death knell in a way. I mean, I'm actually very close with all the Impressionists. We all get on really very well. Um, and um, that's because we're the pariahs of the comedy world. I mean, we're. I always say we're slightly above... Um, jugglers and just below <laughs> ventriloquists on on God. on the on the hierarchical thing and um yeah it's there's there's quite a lot of snobbery about it in this country less so in the states um i think that everybody has a different i mean i to be honest hannah i was never really i was a comedy actress who um Ended up really, I mean, the first person I ever went on tour with was Rory Bremner, lovely Rory, who I really adore. Um, and, uh, you know, I started learning up a lot more impressions because I was touring with him. And then I sort of started the show with Alistair. Um, and I think that we were more interested, you know, sometimes with a show... Sadly, it's been a bit forgotten, the big impression line, because it's not it's not lasting because, you know, you're very time restricted yeah. with impressions. So it will never be a classic. But basically, we were lucky enough to catch the zeitgeist at the time. And the zeitgeist at that time was just on the cusp of celebrity culture. Yeah. And I know, you know, quite a lot about this. So it was obviously pre-social media. Um. But it was just at this time where celebrities were starting to be very young and making a lot of money very young. Mm. And that never really happened before because, you know, like people like George Best, even though he was legendary, he would turn up, all right, he might have had a roller, but he would be 
parked outside his nan's for a cup of tea and you look at the beach. You know, it was yeah. a kind of... But then we wanted to make a... a um, we wanted to make a, a comment on how this changed. And one of the earliest sketches that we wrote was, you know, posh and backs at the at the either the, the massive table. I don't know if you've ever seen it with with yeah. the thrones. Yeah. And they'd be they'd be t- they wouldn't know what to talk about until they got on talking about their ices and yeah. their their bonds yeah. and their you know and their things. And then they'd have a word about the food. You yeah. know, are these peas still in their pods these peas are still in the pot you know we all those yeah. sketches and so we were kind of very interested in that but what's interesting now you sometimes think back you and oh that's a pity because we sort of missed that whole social media thing but what's interesting you couldn't have done it because now there was still a mystery so we were mm. on the cusp where these you know we're right at the start of kind of hello magazine okay you know right at the start of that and this this massive you know, celebrity going through the roof, but there was still a mystery retained. So you could imagine what these people were saying or yeah. doing in their private life. Now you couldn't do that. You had now. no insight you into what they were doing when the cameras were down. Because, yeah, yeah, because, because we, do they that. show themselves anyway. Because they showed themselves yeah. anything. And and actually, interesting enough, it was probably the time to do it because now um, people are a parody of themselves. Yeah. In terms of... Um, does that make sense when I say that you can't everything has become such a self parody that it's very hard to take it further I mean you know with parody and satire you have to sort of move it somewhere and Mm. it's and some of the things are just how do you I mean you know how do you how do you push some of some of the you know they're so ridiculous no totally how do you impersonate someone like is it that you actually do have a talent for being like I'm talking about literally no, like how no, you, you use your mouth? It. How you can you... learn it, Hannah. You can learn it. I mean, you know, and and some people, you know, there's a there's a phenomenal impressionist called Lewis McLeod that I did a big Edinburgh show with a couple of years back, and I I can honestly say that he's like this sort of impressionist. You can't even hear his voice behind it. I mean, it's absolutely he's the main guy on Red Ringers he's absolutely extraordinary and um Jan Raven's a great a good friend of mine she's lots of phenomenal they're all they're all really brilliant but all of them are going to have a propensity to have a natural voice Mm. so you know you tend to fall into doing impressions of people like Audrey Hepper my darling angel because my voice is right at the front of my mouth, and so is hers. Because you can't believe it, nobody knows how Audrey sounds anymore. They've all got a poster on their wall, but they don't know how she sounds like. So you can do. Oh, so God, everybody's I don't know. got just a like so naturally comes out of your mouth, and I'm just like talk to me like that for but the rest of the session. But then there's a there is a way, and most impressionists will sort of approach it in a different way. But there are certain things that you would uh, find. So you would find a kind of um, an attitude where the noise, you'd break it down. You yeah. know, where is the noise coming from mm. in, the, in, in their head? Mm. You know, uh, where is it from the, you know, what are they doing with their mouth? Trent, sort of, you know, Jennifer Saunders, she don't touch you up in my mouth. 
Like, don't touch it. Just, just not opening my mouth. Just no, don't. I'm not. So Do you know what's going to be amazing thing. out of all of these episodes on this season? It's going to be amazing for people who are listening to it because. I mean, obviously, it's great to see you as well. You're beautiful. But do you know what I mean? It's like people are going to be listening to me like, wait, Jennifer's just walked into the house. So you just, it's, and there's an, and there's attitude about it. Yeah. So you would, so you'd look for the, where the voice is coming. Obviously, you've got accent and dialect that comes into it. Um, and then there is a kind of attitude, you know, sort of, um, what are they doing? What's their emotional response? You know, like Lorraine Kelly is sounds very, very cozy, cozy, but is with an edge. No, hello, welcome back. If you've just joined us, you've missed nothing. No. Yes. No, yes. Cozy, cozy. Cozy, cozy. Not like cozy, <laughs> oh but cozy. Um, she's a very, actually, very good journalist, actually. So she's, um, and, um, you know, there's all sorts yeah. of... It's all the different parts. And so are you actually studying these people? I mean... You did have to study mm. them for ages and ages. And some people you can't get. I remember doing Big Impression. Oh, my God, what a disaster. And Alistair was absolutely phenomenal at doing Richard Madeley. I mean, it was just like, you know, everybody's got their, their top yeah. voice. And um, it was just extraordinary. And um, he was... Um, just brilliant and I just couldn't get Judy Finnegan right I mean I tried I did an approximation I tried to get the thing and of course every time there was a clip because yeah. it was <laughs> bloody hell, I was like yeah. no <laughs> you know yeah and then um yeah it's interesting and it helps if you like them you know I mean it helps if you're well when we first started out actually people were They'd never seen anything like this I before. I was going to say. Because nobody had really put impressions and sketches before. And and um, so there was a kind of real... Um, a lot of people were very kind of horrified and very against it. And then it started to do really well. And we'd be sent loads of tapes. And people would want us to do them. But that was, was going to be my next question is, was there much backlash? And has anyone ever been offended? Do you know, strangely enough, I think the men were more offended than the women. Really? That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, there was a couple of men. I don't think it was offended as such. I think I think there was somebody that was a bit offended, but I don't think they were offended as such. I think what it was was that they um, they they were reminded of things that they did that they didn't really know that they did. Right. And that made them self-conscious. Okay. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It because hit, it hit would, something on them that made them vulnerable. You would sort yeah. of pick something yeah. up and you'd go. But we, well, I mean, actually, interesting enough, looking back, we slightly, we were never cool, even when we were cool, me and Alistair. Mm. We were never hot, even when we were hot. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and uh, because we were cool. a BBC One, there's a terrible snobbery in comedy and everybody thinks, oh, it's got to be really kind of, you know what I mean, for something to be good. In those days, it had to be on Channel 4. It had to be kind of, you know, alternative. It had to be. And um, and as a consequence, we were allowed, you would never get away with it now, but we were allowed to get away with murder. So we did some sketches that kind of slipped through the net because they were all <laughs> like, oh, it's mainstream, it's mainstream. Yeah. And actually, interesting, some of these things have kind of, 
reared their head and we've got slightly into trouble about it. For example, we always thought that Jimmy Savile was an absolute perverted creep creep and we couldn't get it out of our head this is before it made public so we did a spoof of the song stand do you remember eminem yeah and you know when he's writing letters do you remember the famous video yeah and we had you know jimmy savile this nasty little jimmy savile writing inappropriate letters and the with the rain coming down and the thing (gasps) because we thought well this came surface somewhere and someone accused us of being really and we but what they didn't know was we did it years before oh wow and interestingly enough i remember we did a sketch when um ruby wax who i had I think she's literally one of the funniest women Amazing. ever. And interesting, that attitude, you know, the, the producer said, oh, you should do Ruby Wax because she's really annoying. I said, she's not really annoying. She's really funny and she's really witty and you wouldn't say that if she was a man. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because she was remarkable. And she was so great and I loved her so much. And she's the funniest woman <laughs> ever and I'm so honoured to know her. I'm not sure she likes me doing impressions, but... Ruby, forgive me. It comes from a place of love. Ruby was was the funniest chat show host, and absolutely, and did these really extraordinary, pertinent, amazing interviews. And then suddenly, Louis Theroux came along, and mm. she sort of let go. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They go, we've got Louis Theroux, and... <laughs> And I was like, so I just thought, oh, this is outrageous. So we did, I mean, I like Louis through, but you know, we did a sketch when Louis meets Ruby and they were trying to, they were kind of circling each other. I've actually seen, that is so funny, that sketch. So you just, you know, so I think, and then years later, I remember, I listened to Ruby talking to Louis recently on, Mm. uh, she did one of his episodes on the podcast and she said to him, I didn't. For a long time, you know, you were my bet noir, and I wow. couldn't think. And it's, so it's funny, I think, are some of the things that we sort of slightly sort of yeah. preempted. The funny story with Ruby Wax is that you once pretended to be her on the phone to her son. Is this the story? It is a very long time ago. <laughs> and um, I think her lovely boy was away traveling. And he phoned up, and I think I took the phone and went, you have to come home, we've got no money. Come home. Mum, Mum? I can't remember, but it was, there was some sort so of... So brilliant. Oh, she's wonderful. Love Ruby. This is obviously a food podcast. Yes. Can you impersonate any uh, well-known cooks or chefs out there? Well, my big thing I used to impersonate was Nigella. Now, I love the way everything is... a even breakfast i love bread it's so primal it's the essence of life itself and when it's cooked it's called toast <laughs> i mean loved her loved my jala oh, i can't it- she that is to, I just, wanted to I'd love, I love you her. to talk and to then, me like that but we used to do i used to love Nigel and we used to i used to do these sketches with her, you know, in my larder, you know, well, we'd have the most llama chips. We'd, we used to, I used to make up with frozen, <laughs> frozen llama. So handy. So, anyway. 
dear oh dear oh gosh honestly ronnie you're so talented it's it's just it's amazing not desperately useful it is useful you could get away with anything i absolutely love it i want to bring it to present day because yes. you're working on some incredibly exciting projects yes, you I... in recent years uh, started a production company called Captain Dolly with fellow actress and comedian Sally Phillips, who we yes. also love, another national treasure. We love. Do you know what? Sally and I did a gig the other night, a big corporate gig, and um, they're very difficult corporate gigs. Yeah. You're basically lots of drunk businessmen <laughs> um, or business ladies. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, we, we just started sort of riffing on the fact that she started saying, imagine, ladies and gentlemen, that that I, that that I was a poor man's Claudia Winkleman, the one that had been stretched and dunked in uh, up and down in a vat of bleach. And I said, and imagine that S- Sally is imagine Tess Daly had never taken a vitamin in her life, <laughs> and that you are watching on screen with the aspect ratio. Oh just my god, brilliant! Out, like a kind of Tesco daily. Yeah. So that's just what that's what we sort of. Um, riffing on at the moment when we do gigs together we did a film together um and this film we sort of got involved in rewriting um a script for the executive producers and well we did and they had a distribution company which they were a film distribution company which they were expanding and they asked us to head up and then they were developing into ADR for, for those who are interesting that's re-recording dialogue and all mm-hmm. post-production yeah. things and they were branching out in that and they wanted us to head up the production arm and it's sort of grown and grown and grown and um, now we've got studios so all of the, these little companies they all do their their thing we all vertically integrated oh my god oh my god did you hear that <laughs> oh oh yeah baby <laughs> And we work across each other, but but we're like a little Ealing Ealing. You're, I think your lovely listeners might be too young to remember that, but it's like a like a, a, a like a sort of mini studio from start to beginning. Okay. So you know where we're we're sort of producing and um and writing produce and and lot and lots of very well known people have come to us. It's a kind of talent led thing where you can you know a lot of talent can realize there and, and you by the hand you very it. kindly sent me over a really fabulous sort of document that yes, sort of changed. explains it's it Chrome, i mean it's just incredible but is there any of the projects that you're allowed to talk about now yes um we are doing a film called uh classic which is a um film that um is sort of written uh, written by um wonderful tony pitts who's um very clever and um it's about the disparate sort of is a bit like a a vehicle a, a car version of best in show we should be so lucky hope so um but it's about the disparate couples it's a, a, um who kind of go to car rallies and you know um and that's got a wealth of comedic talent in it and some big names and so we're you, doing are you that. Getting involved in these as well. Well, I am a, not like acting or not capacity. always, but I am in this one, okay. which is quite nice and lovely. Um, uh, but I wouldn't ever. And then we're doing uh, another film that's very exciting. That is actually written by um, 
that, that's set in Italy about a progressive rock ba- band that's doing really well. And um, we've got another couple, yeah, another couple of films going. Um, and um, the plumbing work yeah. as well. Now, we've got about three or four, four films, five films on the so slate at the moment. You, very, got, very busy. Yeah. And um, some TV stuff as well. Okay. I just want to bring it back to the food for a bit. Yes. I want yum, to know, yum. I always ask all performers this, what is the food like on set? And where has been the best catering? Okay, well, I think the problem is, is the really good film, uh, the really good catering is in is on the big studio pictures. And tragically, I've done a couple of Hollywood films, but I haven't done lots of major, but that's where you're going to get okay. the yummy, yummy, <laughs> fresh, you know, carpaccio, yeah. soup, all that yeah. sort of stuff. You okay. know, that's where that's all going to be. Um, as you go down the food chain, <laughs> did you see what I did yeah, that? I like that. Did you see I that? I like did you that. you slip down oh, the showbiz yeah. food chain <laughs> and get to my level where you're usually playing a drunk, delinquent, <laughs> mentally disturbed woman. I usually turn up in something, ruin someone's life and leave. <laughs> the catering is probably less. What um, is it, like a Mars bar? <laughs> but you can get some... Um, lovely um catering and the thing about catering is for some reason and i know it will be very different on a you know big studio picture because nobody the irony is that there's all this gorgeous food and then nobody's really allowed to eat anything um but the wonderful thing about catering for me i have a total different rule when i'm catering for some reason i am allowed to eat a massive I mean, I don't even eat bacon normally, yeah. but I'm allowed to have a Fine. bacon. So like large. life doesn't really There's exist. Some it's a sort whole of, different... No, it's yeah. a whole different rule. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, yes, three quarters. Of course. Pudding, what? Yes. Why? I mean, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. You would never do that normally. It's I'm got like a that different... When I'm like it's a, a photo different... shoot. It's really weird. And then you get starving. And then yeah. you're like, so it's very different, I think. Very different. And what is on Ronnie's rider? Or what used to be on your rider? Well, that is hysterical. That even the concept that I could ask for <laughs> for a rider, a chair, um, <laughs> a chair. Can I? Can I? Somewhere I can sit. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have ever reached the lofty oh, height to it. ask for a ride. I think I've done some very big stand-up things and what would I ask for I was again again this is something where it's amazing where you can put away Haribo like there's no tomorrow and things like that but I have to say I'm not very good if I'm going to go on stage and do a big gig I find it hard to eat yeah because that's That's, that's I mean some people can eat better but I find that a bit yeah tricky yeah. really no, no I, I would be totally the same when you're are you a cook first and foremost do you cook at home oh, yes I do cook at home I think I think do you know what I think that I think I'm better than I am okay and also I'm a bit of a con woman so I can make it look as if I'm better and also I get too neurotic I put so much effort into that I've noticed dear listeners that there's a book of the wonderful Otty Lange um on your table now I like many people I'm absolutely obsessed with him however 
I hate him at the same time. And the reason I say that is because, you know, just for someone as disorganized as me, just as I think I will cook whole dinner parties just using his books, yeah. and just as I'm getting a handle of things, he plucks out an ingredient. I'm like, oh, no, what? <laughs> what? But then I love him because I can throw on all these pomegranate seeds and, it's and parsley and everybody goes, ooh. <laughs> so true. Do you know what? Pomegranate seeds and pistachio nuts. Yeah. Oh. Literally. The multitude there, there of could be There could be nothing under, there could be cardboard underneath it and it will still look Absolutely. beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. And I basically... I mean, I do adore him. Although I did go into, I remember going into his shop, if I'm allowed to say this, Notting Hill. I'm sure he's got nothing to do with it. And slightly terrified by a very scary serving person and asked for some wild rice salad and they put it on the scales and the price was so much. I ended up saying, oh, actually, I'm not that hungry. Can you just say, and walked off with one grain of rice. How much did the one one grain cost you? I don't even want to talk about it. As I was kind of sweaty, I was a bit hot around the... I'm not going to lie, we have all been there. We've we have all, all been, been there. there and know. it's that awkward moment you're like, actually, would you just take a little bit out? A little bit out because, <laughs> the whole my thing. dear God, yes. So, um, so aside from, from your town's delicious recipes, what are your specialities at home? Like, what would I find you cooking on a Friday night? Okay, so my youngest daughter is now vegetarian, which is what I used to be veggie for years, actually. And so I'm starting to do a lot more veggie dishes actually and I used to do a sort of I love doing like a Spanish chicken and chickpea harizo stew or something like that Mm. um you know I do quite a lot of seafoody things Mm. I quite like this sounds very dull but I do do quite a mean Bag bowl. Oh, is that? No, I mean, come on. Spaghetti bolognese is not dull at oh, all. Oh man! But I do it with the sofrito. I do it with a sofrito oh, yes. and a yes. bit of bat, you know, and all that. Oh god! Uh, making we all need that to go work. over to Ronnie's for dinner. I uh, yeah. And then I do, and then I sort of tend to do some. And then I'll, I'll. I mean, literally, I go to the go-to. So I almost like I, if I have a dinner party, I'm sort of cooking this, and I have, I literally like have friends going, oh this one again <laughs> lovely no no i love it and otty's to blame yeah. had it five times but yeah. it is what it is what was that what's is it otty's marabella Mar- marbella 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 chicken. chicken. That's wrong. Marbe- yeah. Is yeah, it Marbella chicken? It's not Marbella. Is it Marbella? It is Marbella chicken. It sounds like it's got a. <laughs> How many times have you made it? Oh, I don't. Honestly, <laughs> Hannah, I don't want to. It's called Ronnie's chicken now. It's Ronnie's chicken. I'm going to sue him for. <laughs> what food do you dislike? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, I have something for you. Um, I think. I know my favourite food ever. We're going to my, come to that in a uh, my, uh, my hated food, which I just don't understand, are sprouts. <gasps> I think they are the grapes of the devil. I love a Brussels oh, sprout. We were so close. Oh, Ronnie. Oh, they've got an evil yellow heart. An <laughs> evil yellow heart. Do you like cabbage? Mentioned. Okay, that's okay. Okay, I know what you're going to say to me. If I had a skilled cook like yourself, yeah. you know, 
Slicing them up with some chestnuts and some pancetta (laughs) and some, do you know what I mean? Like a lightly thing. Yes, I get you. As long as they don't have the evil yellow heart. (laughs) And because I'm how many years older than you, dear God? About three. (laughs) I I think the evil yellow heart is something that's come from my generation, which your generation wouldn't tolerate and good for you. (laughs) The other thing is grapefruit. Now, I okay. don't know why it's the... Uh, if it was a colour, it would be dark blue. I actually like what? dark blue as a colour, but I find it... Ve- I find grapefruit, for some reason, I find the aftertaste. I can't do the bitter The bitterness. Thing. But after having watched Celebrity get me out of here and what they're drinking and eating, give me a grapefruit any time. And a Brussels sprout. And a Brussels sprout, because I could drink... That liquidized compared. Have you been watching that? I, I mean, I have seen. I've seen it over the I'm, years. I'm slightly. I've been asked to do it many times. Well, I was going to say. No, I couldn't. Can I, can I, I couldn't, just say? I couldn't do that because I honestly think someone like you would be the most profound contestant, and I feel like that show needs someone like you. No, but I think it could. My children started saying initially, "Oh, you should do it. You should do it. You should do it." And now they've changed their mind. Is it because of the eating uh, Bush Tucker well, trial? Well, I think they probably find that I could. I actually think it's the sort of thing that I would be voted off first. Uh, no, I yeah. disagree. Yeah. I disagree. And I'm going to start. I'm going to start putting quite, you forward quite, again. <laughs> quite not, and maybe a bit too. Exa- and I don't know how I could cope with liquidized spiders, really. Weirdly enough, I think I'd be okay with the eating trial if I just close my eyes. Did you see the drinking one? No, no, but my issue would be being around anything with my head in like a big globe of cockroaches. Yes, yes, yes. That I'm not okay with. That that is just too. I I can't do it. Yes. I'll have terrible trauma for the rest of my life. I can't bear it. So we're out of that. Yeah. So we're both not putting ourselves forward anymore. Okay, we're done. That was a very short lived idea. Yeah. What three items are always in your fridge? Not that I can always afford it, but I think I'd always have a bit of smoked salmon. Okay, nice. Yeah, a bit of smoked yeah. salmon. Because I would either sort of... I, it's sometimes I would make like a maybe with a pasta for the girls and yeah. put a bit of smoked salmon in with a bit of cream cheese. Like, almost mm. like a carbonara yeah, yeah, version yeah. of nice. that. And Or to make a bagel or a bit of a sat the kids like sort of cream cheese bagels with, you know, smoked salmon um, sometimes. Or to... Or to, with a salad or something. I love, oh, a yeah, I love a chutney. I love a chutney. My girls love. They used to mix actually um, mayonnaise together with, or like you know, mayonnaise with tomato sauce and call it okay. bean sauce. Don't ask me why. And now that's they've like, brought um, that out. You know, Heinz have brought that out. Have they? Yes, they've brought. But that's just what you do for ch- when you're eating chips, right? But that's yeah. They've brought that out. They've mixed it together, which is... I'm interested to know that's a bit like Thousand Island dressing. Yeah, I would what ass- is the difference? I'm not sure. I don't want to know. Probably a few other E numbers. I don't know. Probably, yeah. indeed. I tend to have loads of... Oh, God. Hannah, I get very excited. I get loads of stuff. I put it in the fridge. Do you know I go, oh, I, I have to have Rose Harissa or I have yeah. to have this or that. And then a year and a half later <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, can I use this? Can't I? Can do I? Do you know what? I, I have been known to use quite a lot of things oh, that do. are out of date. I do. I do. I'm like, old school. If there's I no mould growing in it, it's fine. No. And even that my even husband, if, it does if there is mould, he prefers <laughs> it. I mean, God. <laughs> I would. What's always in your fridge? Oh, no one's asked me that. Uh, always a hot sauce. Always, because oh, I love spicy nice. food. Yes, I'd have a hot uh, sauce. Always um, 
some type of cheese. Me too. And always. Or, always some type of cheese. Because I'm and that, actually, I would have, yeah. I would I'm that person that will just, if I'm a bit nibbly, I'll just take whatever's out, yeah. cut a little corner off it, nibble it. Yeah. Cheese will get you out of loads of issues. Yeah. Hot sauce will get you out of some terrible situations. And I would say my third one would be... It's a difficult one because a lot of things I have in my kitchen that I don't keep in the fridge, like tomatoes or eggs, or I know there's a big uh, conversation about, do you keep eggs in the fridge? I personally don't. My husband wants to. It's, it's, it's still a battle. You're far more sophisticated (laughs) than I am. I mean, my, my my husband, he'll put things back in the cupboard that's open to Jack because he's old school. And I'm like, and of course it goes and you're like, what are you? Doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we all have those conversations. Oh, don't we? When you do find yourself out yes. and about, where are some of your favourite restaurants? Well, do you know what? I'm not trying to get out of it, but I think it depends what I fancy. Um, I quite like that restaurant, Portobello Pizziera. Oh, they do. I love that place. I haven't been there they in so long. They do fantastic yes. fish and um, seafood pasta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the portions are shrinking a bit but I do love it there um and you're I love so it. a woman after my own heart and I then go there's by things like that. that and then there's um I think there's um um you know there's some gorgeous places there's a fantastic little Thai restaurant down the Uxbridge Road called Earth and is it Boots well, oh it my god Earth San Q yes that's literally around the corner how that's do you a, know about that place yes that's a lovely little it's regarded rest- as one of the best in oh, London so authentic and gorgeous like very authentic but inc- I, I can take oh. heat but that place is spicy yes but it's great and it's family run, which I like. This and there are some and there are some amazing little places. There's a place out in Oxfordshire that in a little um, a village called Ensham that's no big shades, but there's a fantastic curry house that just cuts. But there's all sorts of places, and I it depends on what I'm what I'm yeah, into. I get that. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Right, I finished my conversations with a few quick fire questions yes. that are the most unquick fire questions. Oh, you I can like get. Phil Howard as a chef, by the way. Oh yes, I went to university with him. Actually, Did he, you? Could only, he could only heat beans up when he started, and now look at he's him. He's come so far. He's come so far. <laughs> yes. Okay, what is the craziest food you've ever eaten? Okay, craziest food I've ever eaten was when I was little and my mum said to me that she was going to some lunch with some strange, fusty woman who said, she said, you know, in those days, you've got to eat everything that's yeah. on your plate. And you that must was my mum. And this woman, I kid you not, had made hot bananas wrapped in ham, covered in um, cheese sauce. And I was made, she said, every time I tried to go, mum, mum, she went, shh. And I, I mean, it's an I'm a celebrity, get me out of there moment. That, I think that's pretty crazy. Did you, crazy. so you ate, had to eat the whole thing? I, I think I ate the whole thing. It's a, what it's a, a bizarre tr- combination. Again, very 1970s, very, I, I was going to say, that, oof, no, that doesn't sit very well with me. You poor thing. No. Have but you, I mean, it is extraordinary. I know, sorry, this is a digression. I found an old Fanny Craddock yep. book in a junk, set, a junk shop. And, you know, she'd have an annual... And if you look at it, some of the garnishing, oh. there was a roast chicken on top of a mound of green, green mashed potatoes. <laughs> and she would, and there'd, there'd be things like um, pigeon volivons and they'd be garnished with pigeon wings. Oh, I mean, it was of the time. It was of the time. Yes. I think that's pretty crazy. That is pretty. 
You must have PTSD from that. I remember my best <laughs> meal I've ever had. I could tell you that. Well, that is the next question. Is it? What's your most memorable meal? Okay, this is my most memorable meal. My great friend Jackie, Irish girl, great laugh. We went to Zanzibar once and oh, wow. we were in... And someone who is from Zanzibar told us to go to this place to eat a crab curry. Mm. He said, you've got to go to this place. And we went through all these tiny little streets in Stonetown, Zanzibar. And there was a tiny little shack. I mean, like a tiny, you know, little little room mm. with um, plastic chairs and mm. a couple of plastic tables and very, very basic. And we said to them, oh, we've come and we've come for the crab curry. And they, they shook their heads and said, we're so sorry. But the crabs, the moon wasn't right tonight oh, and wow. they haven't come up on the thing. So we can give you no crab curries. I mean, it was really, really extraordinary very basic mm. place so we went up the coast and they said you come back in two weeks and the moon will be right and we will make you crab curry so we went up the coast and then we forgot all about it mm. and on that day i suddenly thought well we should go back and my friends were going oh don't be ridiculous you know they won't remember us and you know because they'd said to us they won't the restaurant will be closed but we'll make it for you she said, don't be ridiculous. They won't, you know, be open. I said, I think we should go. It's only good manners because we said we'd come at six. And there was rain was just downpour. The rain, like a truck, just rain down yeah. there. And we got back to Stonetown in front of this little kind of shack, which was all closed up. And the rain and my friends going, what on earth are we doing here? And we looked, we looked down the hill and there was this beautiful woman coming up all oh, you know yeah, all yeah, yeah. covered and she had a basket of crabs oh my gosh and they'd opened this restaurant up they'd kept their word and they cooked us this crab curry sorry i've been a veggie for a long time apologies yeah. for anyone who's upset by crabs because <laughs> they cooked this crab curry and the rain was dripping through and just the two of us oh ate this magical crab thing. and i will never forget that was it was it oh did it beyond? Oh, beyond. Beyond. Oh and I've God. eaten and I've had the, you know, yeah. honour of eating yeah. some really good food. Oh, I mean, I'm even sort of sat, I can imagining yeah. the taste. And the atmosphere. And yeah, just one person. Everything. And these yeah. tiny little formica table with the rain coming through. and Very mm. romantic. Very romantic. Yeah, okay. What a beautiful memory. Thank you, darling. Okay, the most important question you're going to get asked today yes. is, and the backstory is, my favourite snack of all time is a packet of crisps. Oh. What is your favourite flavour of crisps <gasps> and why? I'm so pleased you've brought this up, Hannah, because we're very similar. And uh, my God, I love a crisp. Oh, and I what's love your flavour though? Oh God, Hubbard, this is so difficult. I think, you know, when everything falls apart in this country, we've still got our crisp flavours. <laughs> yes. That's about all we've got, but we've got crisp flavours, haven't we? <sighs> God damn. Okay, okay. I'm going to say I love salt and vinegar. Yes. And I'm going to say prawn cocktail. No. No. Oh, God damn. No. Salt that's and vinegar. Not, that's Wrong not that. You didn't, no. you didn't say prawn cocktail. For those cocktail. of you who are not watching, I've been taken by... I've been literally ousted from the house. She's going... All of us stuff Maybe not prawn cocktail. No, stick with salt, the first answer. Salt and vinegar. <laughs> Salt and vinegar. But are we talking like a salt and vinegar walkers or like a thicker kettle chip? God, now they've come out. I do quite like a thicker one. I know, yeah. 
because the, 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 I just the prefer, taste I prefer for, the, it's a stronger well, taste it's a stronger taste and it sits better what else would would I like okay I'm gonna get it sounds a bit wanky but I That's do fine. quite like some of the kind of I like some of the new kind of more you know chili type yeah mm. like it like it like a like a sensations, like a Walker sensations. Yeah, sweet maybe, chili. Maybe yes, a sweet okay. chili, something like that. What are your favourite? They're sitting behind me on the <gasps> cake stand. Oh my god, it's Monster Munch. <laughs> oh my god, I love a pickled onion Monster Munch. <laughs> are you going to break one open for me? Do you want one? Yeah, I bloody do. <laughs> oh my god, for those who are not watching this, Hannah has. There's a padlock. On yeah, this. there is a padlock. <laughs> there's a padlock. It's been sealed shut. There's a, there's a, there's, I think you've got to answer questions. Yeah. You've got to get to the end of the it's chat. It's like some game of throwing things before you get the, pro- oh my God, a monster munch. They're the best. No, damn. God they damn. are the best. God Great damn. on a hangover. Do you like a cheesy what's it? Love a cheesy what's it. No, they are. Love a cheesy what's it. They are seriously oh. addictive. But the packets aren't big enough. No, they are not. <laughs> they are not. <laughs> I love asking this question to I people. Know, Honestly, because you could you could talk about it for hours. Yeah, On to the next one, however. And we are then going to open up the uh, I Monster Munch. I would like Munch. to say, if you told me that I was allowed to gravitate from that question into Beyond Crisps, I would have done a... I would have might have... But you have... You gave me a bum steer by saying crisps. Yeah. I was being, you know... Polite. <laughs> well, no, I was being truthful when I was saying crisps, crisps. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Oh, you're, you're trying to yes. do like a potato crisp. Well, I think crisps... Well, uh, no, they're... Okay, okay they're made okay. of maize and right. e-numbers, but they're still a crisp. Yes. Okay. What food sums up happiness for you? Oh, my God. I mean, just imagine, if you will, some seafood... Serious seafood, mm. creamy, great seafood pasta. Yes, a hundred percent. You know. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, even like I sang a Jacques. What do you call them? The, you know, like the something to do yes. with. Yes. Yeah. No. Just a seafood. A seafood. Or linguine. even like a seafood linguine, or even like a lovely. Um, seafood stew even yeah. like a moroccan seafood yes. something like that yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. i take that answer okay thank you yes. final question yes live to eat or eat to live has to be eat to live right really no i mean live to eat <laughs> oh my god i got that wrong <laughs> There's no right or wrong. No, no, There's no, 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 right no, no live to eat. Live to live eat. Live to eat. Yeah. <laughs> live to eat. You're oh Jewish God. and Italian. <laughs> no, live to eat, live to eat, live to eat, live to eat, 100%. Oh, Ronnie, this was honestly so much fun for me. I think you're an absolute delight. I think you're a national treasure, oh, whether you, you believe it or not. Can you, as a favour, sign us out as Nigella? Yes. I love Hannah Young and I love the way that she's so pertinent and has such extraordinary high-class food um, choices. I mean, pickled monster munch. I mean, you know, what else is there? I'm horrified that I haven't actually been asked to do crazy, sexy food and I can't believe that I haven't been asked to do it. 
and that I haven't been on it and terribly jealous. But until next time. (laughs) That was brilliant. Thank you for listening. If you love what you hear, please subscribe and review. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Crazy Sexy Food and check out the Crazy Sexy Food YouTube channel. Until next time. Bye.